0: Good morning and welcome to our worship.
1: Please turn to number 513 and we'll begin our worship with Lead on, O King Eternal.
0: Amen. I love that truth of the last verse. In order to have victory in the crown, we must first go through the cross with Jesus. Now we will have our call to worship this morning.
2: Good morning. 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 call to worship this morning is Psalm 72, 1 through 7. Give the king thy judgment, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. He shall judge thy people with righteousness, and thy poor with judgment. The mountains shall bring peace to the people, and the little hills by righteousness. He shall judge the poor of the people. He shall save the children of the needy, and shall break in pieces the oppressor. They shall fear thee as long as the sun and moon endure throughout all generations. He shall come down like rain upon the mown grass as showers that water the earth. In his days shall the righteous flourish an abundance of peace so long as the moon endureth. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, that was written of Solomon, but that will only be realized, of course, through King Jesus. Let's uh, continue to worship the Lord and take your bulletin inserts. We're going to sing now, In Christ Alone.
1: In Christ Alone my hope is found He is my light My strength My song This cornerstone This solid ground Firm to the fear drought And storm What heights of love What depths of peace When fears are still My all in all, here in the love of Christ, I stand, Christ alone. Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God and helpless faith. This gift of love and righteousness Scorned by the ones He came to save Till on that cross says, Jesus died The wrath of God was satisfied For every sin on Him was laid Here in the death of Christ I live ground His body lay, light of the world by darkness slain, and burst forth in glorious day, but from the grave He rose again. His, and He is mine, bought with the precious blood of Christ. No guilt in life, no fear in death, this is the power of Christ in me cry, to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny, no power of hell, no schemes of man, can ever pull me from his hand, till he returns, or calls me home, here in the power of Christ,
0: Amen. And our whole theme of worship this morning is there is no power greater than the power of Jesus Christ the Savior. Let us pray. Lord God, we're gathered here this morning to praise you. O perfect three in one God who sent your Son Jesus Christ to be a human being so that he could redeem us through his death on the cross. May our hearts be just fully focused on you. Please remove all distractions, internal and external. And may we just uh, be so in your presence that your presence will transform us so we can be more like Christ and we can be salt and light in this world. We ask in his name, amen. And now... um, Let us take our bulletin inserts and we will pray our prayer of confession together. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts we have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent And there's John's word of assurance that he wrote in his general letter. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's continue to worship God. From our books, we will do number 490, Rock of Ages. And then from your bulletin, insert Wonderful, Merciful Savior.
1: clue Thou must save and Thou alone Nothing in my hand I bring Simply to Thy cross I cling Naked come to Thee for dress Helpless look to Thee for grace Foul I do the fountain fly draw this fleet in blood, when my eyes shall close in death, when I soar to worlds unknown, see the thy I judgment thrown, rock of ages, cleft for me.
0: The reading of God's Word this morning.
2: Scripture this morning is from Mark 5 and Psalm 89. And they came over onto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarians. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately they met him out of the tombs, A man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. Because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I admire you. Thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, those unclean spirits. And when he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea, They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that was done. And they came to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind and they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their chests. And when he had come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed, and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him, and all the men did marvel. Um, this is Psalm eighty nine one to four. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. For I have said Mercy shall be built up forever, thy faithfulness shall I establish in the very heavens. I have made a covenant with my chosen I have sworn unto David, my servant. A seed will I establish forever and build up thy throne to all generations. Selah. Amen. Yes. Amen.
0: And now let's uh, take our songbooks, but this time let's go to the back to number 626 and recite the Nicene Creed together. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, catholic, and apostolic church, We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. I'm just going to clarify one little point here. That word Catholic, if you look it up, it means universal worldwide. Jesus said he came to have one body and prayed that we would be truly unified together. Let us pray. God Most High, Jesus says you are spirit and we must worship you in spirit and truth. But we confess we are physical people living in a physical world. So we are often ignorant and forgetful of what is spiritual. Please open the eyes of our hearts to be open to and aware of spiritual realities through and in your Son, whom we have already confessed became incarnate, that is, flesh and blood, just like us, after being conceived by the Spirit in a young virgin named Miriam. Thank you for your word to us today. May we heed it, yield to it, and be transformed by it into spiritual warriors, praying at all times to know and do your will. And not just alone, because that is not your way, but together as your church, as one people united in the beautiful diversity that you have given us. And in the name of the Savior, we come against the powers in high places, the demons who have captured the dictators and despots. And we ask you, Lord Jesus, that you would once again show your unlimited power over them by freeing millions of poor human souls worldwide every month through your people who volunteer as Israel did in the days of Deborah the prophetess. And we pray for our nation and our leaders. But we pray that we, your people, would do our mission to bring Jesus to people. Cause we know that no human leaders can make a difference in their own strength. Only you can make a difference. We pray for our soul in your body. We pray for Elin. Please move in her to empower her to do what she does not think she can do. We pray for Sally and Jimmy. Please give them strength to continue to help others in the love of the Holy Spirit and the truth of Jesus. And we pray too for Allie. Please give her your supernatural strength to keep growing in the faith of you and the knowledge of you in your word and through the Holy Spirit. And Father, we pray for Ken that you would help him to keep growing in you in experiential knowledge and in good works you've chosen for him. And also that he may know and do them in to your glory. And also to have your peace, your shalom in his life. We pray for our shut ins, Cindy and Doris and others. And please help us together to spiritually reproduce by making new disciples. And by the, uh, and that by a great miracle, may any who are experiencing us virtually this morning. May they, may you do a work as well in them. And now, please guide me in every way as I explain, interpret, and imply your word. May your will be done, and may Jesus be glorified. And now we come to you with one heart and one voice in the prayer Jesus taught his followers, praying together. Our Father, who art in heaven, and the glory forever. Amen. Which only means it is true, or so be it. Amen. And now, um, before we go uh, and take a deep dive into God's Word, let's sing 514, God of grace and God of glory, 514.
1: God of glory On thy people Pour thy power Crown thy ancient church's story Bring her bud to a glorious flower Grant us wisdom Grant us courage For the facing of this hour For the facing of this hour the host of evil round us, scorn thy Christ, assail his ways. From the fears that long have bound us, free our hearts to faith and praise. Grant us wisdom, grant us courage, for the living of these days. For the living of these days. Thy children's war in madness Bend our pride to thy control Shame our and selfish gladness Rich in things and poor in soul Grant us wisdom, grant us courage Lest we miss thy kingdom's goal Lest we miss thy kingdom's Set our feet on lofty places, gird our lives that they may be Armored with all Christ-like graces in a fight to set men free Grant us wisdom, grant us courage, that we fail not man nor thee
0: Amen. When we look at our world today, we see people taking extreme positions, vilifying each other, while it seems there are very few people who are attempting to listen, to understand, and to reconcile. We see violence and wars without any regard toward the enemy. And a seeming indifference to the plight of innocent non-combatants. We see greed and consumerism chasing each other in a vicious circle. And a growing segment of people which is threatening to become a majority is practicing a lifestyle of selfish immorality where anything I want is acceptable. What's wrong with that? Let's do anything we want. But there is one thing that fewer and fewer people are tolerating. Faithful relationships between a husband and a wife who desire to raise their children in such a way that they will contribute to the common good of all people. More and more, such people are being considered a danger to the freedom of this so-called majority. Now, we must understand against this background, there is no political, educational, legal, corporate, or charitable solution to this problem it is a human problem and humans cannot solve it so church people must understand myself included i'm too often ignoring this as you heard me pray that Everything that is falling apart that we just love to complain about and don't do anything about, it's a result of a spiritual problem. And Christians should be wielding spiritual weapons because the whole world is under the power of the evil. One. That's a direct quote from John in the Revised Standard Bible. You see, there's only one person who can change all of this. He's the Savior of the world that for the most part has rejected him and is under condemnation due to unbelief. And that is why our gospel passage this morning is just so important. What Jesus did to the many unclean spirits that were tormenting this poor soul, he can still do today. Will we believe him enough to engage in spiritual warfare, especially intercessory prayer? Remember, Jesus says these only come out by prayer. He is also the one whom the covenant God said would come from David's line of descendants who would rule in love and truth and faithfulness. And now let's find all of this and more in our text this morning. Now, again, I see two big parts here that there is a setup in the gospel story of Mark. And then there's the conclusion of it. And. Despite the paragraphs in the Bible that I have in front of me, I saw four equal sections of five verses. So the first half can be summed up this way. Jesus meets a man with an unclean spirit who could not be bound, but who runs to him, worships him, and calls him son of God. And Jesus is commanding the unclean spirit to come out. Okay, part one. Jesus meets a man with an unclean spirit just southeast of Galilee, not far from the shore, who could not be bound or subdued, and he was actually harming himself. Now let's look at it, go through it phrase by phrase. They come to the other side of the sea, to the region of Gadarenes. Now, if you have a bunch of Bibles, there's a lot of different spellings. It doesn't matter. Just understand this was in a non-Jewish territory on the other side of the Jordan. If they came here. Um, he and his disciples, they were named above, and their names aren't repeated. And then we're told after he came out of the ship at once... He confronted him from the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who was dwelling among the tombs. So we've got to get this before Jesus could even catch his breath. And remember, he's human and he's God. He's in a human body. All of a sudden, he's accosted by a contentious man having a defiled spirit which was defiling him. And he was living among the tombs of dead people. I saw a number of commentaries saying, don't miss this. He was definitely near death, living among dead people. And then hear this. No man, no more, not at all, was being able to bind him, for often he was bound with chains, hand and foot, which he tore and broke in pieces, no man being able to subdue him. Using a triple negative, which in the Greek language doesn't cancel each other out, but reinforces each other, we're told this man had superhuman strength to break all chains that people put on him. And further, it was impossible for men... To subdue him so then we're told just taking it up another notch always, night and day in tombs and in the mountains he's crying out bruising himself with stones just get this, it's gotten self destructive, he's always crying out everywhere inflicting harm on himself this is a pitiful portrait of what the effects of demon possession are on a human being. That's the end of part one. Part two, he ran to Jesus and worshiped him, addressing him as son of God. And Jesus was commanding the unclean spirit to come out of the man. So Mark continues narrating this story. Having seen Jesus from afar, he ran and worshiped him. This is important. This pitiful human being suffering under the defiling spirit saw something in Jesus that moved him to run to Jesus and worship him despite everything. But then we're heard having cried with a loud voice, he's saying, What to thee and me, Jesus, Son of God most high? I am commanding thee by God, not me to torment. Now the unclean spirit is addressing Jesus through this man. And he starts by inferring that they are enemies with nothing in common, not to me, not to thee. He rightly, though, addresses Jesus as the Savior, Son of God, Most High. And then he strongly requests Jesus not to torture him. Mark goes on. Because he was saying to him, Jesus to the evil spirit, thou must come out unclean spirit from this man. And he was asking him, what is thy name. Now, the unclean spirit did not want to be tormented because Jesus was commanding him to come out of the man. And he knew of Jesus' power. And then Jesus asked his name. Mark continues. He's saying to him, Legion, for we are many. And what he was requesting him much that he not send him out of the country, out of the region. He wanted to hang out in this place. That's the end of part one. That's the setting the stage. And now we see Jesus permitting the unclean spirits to enter pigs. And people then see the man sitting in his right mind. And Jesus tells this man to proclaim what the Lord did for him. You see, Jesus is that chosen servant of prophecy going all the way back to David's time up to Bethlehem. So part three, Jesus permitted the unclean spirits to enter a herd of pigs who were drowned. And then people see the demon-possessed man sitting, dressed, and in his right mind. Let's go back to Mark's account. But it was being there on the mountain, a great herd of pigs being fed. So now we have a reset of the scene. We're given more information. We learn that on a nearby mountain, a great herd of pigs is being tended. So they, this legion, oh, I should have pointed out, a legion is more than 6,000 foot soldiers and more than 700 horsemen. Now, that's just to give you an idea of what's going on in this man. And they are requesting Jesus, saying, thou must send us into the pigs that we may enter into them. So this legion of unclean spirits requests that Jesus send them into the pigs. You see, they are willing to trade a human body for the bodies of unclean animals. And I think that's only fitting, right? They're unclean. They shouldn't be in people in God's image, maybe unclean animals, okay? So then we're told he, Jesus, permitted them and the unclean spirits entered into the pigs. The herd rushed impetuously down this steep slope into the sea, about 2,000, and they were being drowned in the sea. So Jesus grants the request of the unclean spirits. They enter the herd of pigs. Well, now we find out a specific number, not a general number. It had nothing to do with Rome. We could say there's only 2,000 demons, but just imagine that. That's a substantial number. What were 2,000 demons doing in this poor soul? But think about this. What power Jesus has to command 2,000 demons to come out of a tormented man. And because of what the pigs did, Jesus Got the last word. They were disembodied. They weren't even in the unclean pigs. They just had to go wherever they go disembodied. Jesus is amazing. In fact, Jesus has unlimited spiritual power. Mark continues. And then those who were tending the pigs fled and told it in the city, in the countryside. And they went out to see what is being that had happened Something's happened. The pig herders went everywhere telling everyone what happened. Now, I ultimately didn't put it in the sermon, but I was thinking about Jesus in reaction. Remember at his birth, there were shepherds who were nobody and the angels miraculously told them what happened. And when they saw Jesus, they had to go and tell everybody. Now these pagan non-Jews, see a whole bunch of demons go into a herd and it runs off the sea. And they were so moved and so astonished they had to go and tell everybody. It's kind of like God's power can be seen even by those that don't know him. So, they did go everywhere. And it's interesting, the verbs now become present tense. And this is a narrative um, device and what the Holy Spirit is trying to do with Mark is he's trying to say you're now part of this story you're joining this story in midstream wherever you are knowing me or not but from here on in you're gripped and here's what's happening um, they are coming to Jesus they are coming they are seeing him and the one who was being demon-possessed, sitting, having been dressed, and being now in his right mind the one who had been having the legion, and they were afraid. Non-Jews are now seeking Jesus to see him. And the man who was transformed from a tortured, self-abusing soul into a new person... And we're told he's now sitting calmly, dressed in regular clothes, not chains. And he has a sound mind so he may know God and know God's ways. But these non-Jewish people are extremely afraid of Jesus' power So here's our first little mini application. Let us be reverently amazed at his power and worship him for his power because Jesus has unlimited spiritual power. And then the grand climax, the fourth part, Jesus prepares to leave at the people's request and he tells the formerly demon-possessed man to proclaim what the Lord did for him in the region of the ten cities, all were amazed. So they related to them, those having seen how it happened to the one demon-possessed and the pigs. This is a miracle story, people, of incredible proportions. Proportions. As people came from the city, those who saw what Jesus did for the demon-possessed man were relating every detail of this miracle to them. And then we have a verse that has puzzled people, but I don't think it's really that puzzling. And they began to request him, go away from the region. Go away. Why was it they could not abide the miracle? And I chose that word on purpose. <laughs> this man had been abiding in tombs plagued by demons, and you would think that they could abide Jesus in the miracle. In fact, Jesus says, if you abide in me, I'll abide in you. Well, I think there's a line from a 1972 Jethro Tull album, Thick as a Brick. Here's the line we will be geared to the ordinary rather than the exceptional. And I think this may be behind the answer. You see, Jesus has disrupted the patterns of their everyday lives. They just want to be left alone in their boring, ordinary, everyday lives doing what they've done every day of their life. Don't shake us up, Jesus. So... Mark continues, having gotten into the ship, the one having been demon-possessed was requesting him that he might be continuing with him. So, hey, if they don't want him, this is God. Jesus acted on the request of the people and he prepared to go away from the region. But the man whom Jesus had delivered the tense of the verb is he's continually requesting, I want to always be with you, Jesus. He knows the greatest blessing is to be continually with God's Son, the Savior. Icthas, Jesus Christ, God's Son, Savior. Here's another application. If we have experienced Jesus' deliverance, we should always desire to be with him, continually experiencing him in our lives. Mark goes on, not he allowed him, not Jesus allowed the man, but he says to him, thou must be going to thy house and to those who are thine, and thou must proclaim how much the Lord to thee had done And he was merciful to thee. So the request of his heart, Jesus just says, no, you can't have that. But he gives him a big assignment. This delivered man is to tell all who know him what the Lord Jesus did for him in his compassionate mercy. The word means primarily mercy, but compassion driven and here's another application. We must obey Jesus by telling many others what he did for us in his compassion. And who knows, that could be the first step in making them to be disciples according to the great commission. And now the story ends. He went away. And he began to proclaim in the ten cities How much he did for him, Jesus, and they were marveling amazed. Now, I got out a Bible atlas, and Decapolis is just Greek for ten cities. So he's going throughout this region, which lay south of the Sea of Galilee, on the other side, the non-Jewish side, And these 10 cities took up so much space, he ended up going on a tour, a preaching tour, a proclaiming tour of some 40 miles north to south. And it was some 20 miles wide. He covered a lot of ground and immediately he started doing this. And so imagine people living in a region that big. We don't know how many tens of thousands that was, but all who heard about what Jesus did while he was proclaiming it, they were amazed at Jesus. And here's the bottom line of this whole true story this morning. We... In our world today, which I outlined, we must be as amazed by Jesus' power over demons even now as these people were who didn't even know him at the time of this story. And Jesus can do this and cast out demons because of his love for tortured humanity. Jesus has unlimited power over demons. So in this world, which is just infested by people not knowing Jesus and demons having a field day, we must be praying and believing that Jesus will do something. Now, our passage from the Psalms just sets this all up. And we must, well, first of all, let me say what it says. A choir leader Leads singing about the love and faithfulness of Yahweh, the covenant God, concerning this eternal chosen servant from David. Now, this psalm, according to the heading, which I believe was inspired, was composed by Ethan, one of three Levites given leadership in worship music under David look at First Chronicles 15. And a maskele is for instructing God's people in wisdom. And we need wisdom to do what we are called to do by the gospel story we just heard. So now let's look at these four lines. The steadfast loves of Yahweh forever I will sing. To generations, I will proclaim the faithfulness of thee with my mouth. Now, I believe Ethan was led to pluralize love, to talk about the intensity of God's strong, transforming love, which we saw in Jesus hundreds of years later. Now, faithfulness can also mean truth. Um, Uh, It's a 50-50 coin toss. But uh, he has confidence as he writes this first line for people to sing that God will preserve this inspired song for future generations. He says his mouth will be proclaiming this to generations. And, and here we are at least 2,700 years later and it's in the word of God. We must desire to proclaim the love and truth of the covenant God whenever we're worshiping him. And when I say worship, understand God wants us to continually worship him in our everyday lives. Uh, um, you know in, in 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 contrast with um you know, the pagans, where this man had to go. They weren't worshipers of God. Let's go on. For I said, forever steadfast love will be built up as the heavens thou will establish thy faithfulness in them. So Ethan stating the love and faithfulness of Yahweh will be forever built up and established everywhere in his creation, all time, all places. I have made a covenant, God is now speaking, to my chosen one, I have sworn to David my servant. Remember, what is called by some the messianic covenant. When, David, when Nathan gave to David God's specific word, he could not build God's temple, but rather Solomon. He said the eternal king would be a descendant of David. Last word forever I will establish thy descendant. I have built for all generations thy throne, Selah. Be lifted up, be exalted, give glory to God because of this truth. Taken as a whole, this introductory stanza to the psalm says God will establish his Messiah in love and faithfulness. And he will bless all who receive Messiah in humble, obedient faith. Messiah is established in love and faithfulness. So let me now just wrap it up, pull it together. Jesus meets a man tormented by unclean spirits who lived a self-destructive life. But Jesus commanded them to leave the man and allowed them to enter a herd of pigs who drowned themselves. And when this was reported, people found the formerly demon-possessed man sitting, dressed, and in his right mind, a sound mind before God. And then when the fearful people asked Jesus to leave, he sent the man to the ten cities to tell all the Lord did for him. All were amazed. Why? Because Jesus is the eternal King, prophesied from the line of David, and Jesus has unlimited spiritual power. Let us live our lives that way, no longer living ordinary, but in the extraordinary King of kings and Lord of lords, Jesus who can conquer any demons. Let's close by um, singing about this King of Kings. Number three, crown him with many crowns. Crown
1: him with many crowns. my soul and sing of Him who died for Thee, and hail Him as I match this King through all eternity. Crown Him the Son.
0: Good word is from Romans chapter 8. It's the end of the chapter, the climax. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen, which means it is true. Indeed, let's close with the chorus. Uh, greater is he that is in me. It is number 173 in our books. 173. 173. <laughs> Greater is
1: he that is in me. Greater is he that is in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me. Greater is he that is in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in me. is in the